This episode is brought to you by CEP Compression Australia. CEP Compression Apparel gives the user more energy, greater endurance, and enhanced performance during activities. For a discount at CEP, use the following code online, local legends in running. Welcome to the Local Legends in Running podcast, where you hear the stories from local legends in the Australian running community you've simply always wanted to hear. Today in Season 2, Episode 11, I interview Cameron Marsh. Cam is a co-founder of the Brisbane running event and group Run For It. The Run For It event occurs quarterly each year, with the overall mission being that of raising awareness for mental health and giving to those less fortunate. With these two ideas being at the core of the group, the social outlet and sense of belonging seem to be a natural byproduct of simply getting together for a run. It seems Run For It has become somewhat of a cult in Brisbane over the last few years, attracting hundreds of local runners in line with the event slogan, alone we can do so little, together we can do so much. So tune in to hear from Cam as he talks about his background and what makes Run For It so rewarding to him and for those who take part. to you either all right good afternoon cameron or cam marsh welcome to the local legends in running podcast afternoon ollie thanks for having me no worries it's uh take two today we had a bit of a try last week with some audio issues so we're a week later the funniest part about it was i put out listener questions last week so seven days have passed and geez i've got heaps of them to throw out you today more than I ever do because normally the listener questions go off about two hours beforehand but um with those audio issues we postponed till today so looking forward to getting into those yeah let's hope you've uh, picked the easier ones for me <laughs> hey mate how's your Saturday looked good uh we went for a sunrise hike this morning uh with the gym so we the alarm went off at about three um a few of us carpooled from the gym in Albion, uh, left there at four and, and got up to the Glasshouse Mountains by sort of five o'clock up to the top for sunrise at uh, 6 a.m. So it was nice, a nice start to the day. Wow, it must be beautiful doing that. Done it before? It, yeah, yeah, a couple of times. Uh, it takes a bit. It's probably a good time of year, to be fair, to do it just because 
you know, it's nice and cool. And uh, obviously the sun's rising a bit later at 20 past six. So it makes life a bit easier rather than trying to hit that at sort of 4.20. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Hey, which ones of the Glasshouse Mountains have you actually climbed? Tibragargan, um, probably overrated in my opinion. <laughs> oh, I've done uh, it. Then, it's scary. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's tough for sure. I just think the views uh, average in comparison to like Biwa, which is also a pretty pretty tough climb. And then we just did this one this morning, Noon Noon or Gungun. I'm not too sure exactly how to pronounce it, but it's uh, it's only about 25 minutes up, and it's it's got some some great views. So yeah, it was nice. Yeah, I think it's gun gun, but there's an N in there, silent N at the start, which gets everybody. But I haven't done yeah. that. I've done Tibrigargan and uh, with acrophobia, fear of heights, that did not go down well, but I got there, got to the top. Yeah, well done. I like that. Did you do that in a group, a group with a group or? Yeah, with a group. Um, my my mate's dad and his mate, and they were very, very confident and they got me through it. Oh, that's great. Yeah, you need some of those people around you. Definitely. Hey, mate, uh, it's the 20th of May, by the way, a week later from our first take at um, 2.30 now, 2.30 p.m. The sun is well and truly asleep this week, so fingers crossed he stays like that for the next hour. Um, yeah, just, but firstly, you, you're, a, you're a mate, I guess, to a few of the guests that have been on here, including, I think if I'm correct, Nick Tui and Katie Dahl, unless you can tell me otherwise, those two are yeah. connected to you in some way, aren't they? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I be- I best say that we're mates now. Um, <laughs> yeah, Nick's Nick's a great guy. Um, half of Run the North, and they sort of collaborate with us at Run for it a bit. And then Katie Dole, she um, yeah, in my opinion, puts the Brisbane running scene on her back and uh, has been carrying that for a while. And she sort of links up with us a little bit uh, as well. So yeah, two great people. And they both definitely boomed like since COVID. Um, both groups run the north. And is what's Katie's group actually called? Club KT. Club KT, that's right. Club KT, capital K, capital T. That's correct. Yep. Um, but I want to get um, to you today. Of course, you're the one in front of me and your group in a way, I guess, and what I can see and, and recall is that post-COVID too, it kind of uh, escalated and more so an event about run for it. So run for it, you'd probably define more so as an event, but um, you might even define it as a group now of people who follow uh, the sport and uh, each other and get involved, I believe about four times a year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a community, I'd say, is is probably the best way to describe it. Um, and yeah, we do four events a year. Uh, so one each quarter at the end of each quarter. And um each of those events is in the name of a different charity in a different location with a different artist and a different theme. And so we sort of try to keep everyone on their toes and make it somewhat exciting. An exciting way to give back uh, is kind of the way I look at it. Definitely. We'll get there in more detail. Before we do, um, what do you make of the the running scene at the moment, particularly the recreational and social groups like Run the North and Club Katie? There's a few, a few others out there. Um, it's it's sort of definitely risen in the last few years, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. I guess COVID was probably, I, I wouldn't have probably called myself a runner pre-COVID. I've certainly run a little bit my whole life, but um, pre-COVID, I wouldn't have called myself a runner. I guess some people would throw that, throw that sticker on me now. But um, yeah, I guess COVID forced a lot of people outside of gyms and outside of their conventional environments. And a lot of people sort of made their way uh, out onto the trails or onto the pavement um, and even I guess bike stores as well bike stores were 
were going off. So triathlon, I, I think, really took off. And then, yeah, running, like you said, whether it was recreational or sporting. And I'm not too sure if you guys and, and clubs like Burt and Brisbane Roadrunners have seen an influx as well or... Um, um yeah to a degree i think but more so it's like kind of built and progressed over five ten years because yeah. you look you look about maybe 15 to 20 years ago the only group out there if you know pat carroll he's an ex um australian runner now has his group pcrg they were the first in the realm of uh, recreational and, and social groups and now there's just so many of them but um yeah the burke groups now 50 plus uh on a session on a tuesday but they started with about five to ten of them uh about that was about six seven years ago i think so yeah I, I think so yeah that's great hey um before we get into um all that so let's just get a bit um into about cameron marsh you know age uh what's you know week to week looks like day to day uh where you're living uh, and any other things you're doing to buy time so if we backtrack to to age or age range happy to share that yeah, before yeah, we continue almost. Almost sounds like a profile, doesn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm 32, so I was I just scraped into the 90s. I was born in 1990, um, living in living in uh, East Brisbane with my partner Hannah uh, in a house, and and we've got a we've got a dog Maverick. He's a uh, German Shepherd, so the three of us are entrenched in the East Brisbane community. And um, yeah, I guess I guess that's a little bit of it, and then. I guess Monday to Friday, for the most part, I work at a gym in Albion called Movement Enhanced as a as a uh, PT and a group group trainer. Yeah. So if we from the point you actually wake up in the morning, what does your day look like then, based on that week? Yep. Um, my hours are probably not conventional personal training hours. Like I guess for the most part, uh, a lot of those a lot of people within that industry work the morning. Um, before everyone goes to work, have a break throughout the middle of the day, go home and potentially have a nap or uh, have a feed and then come back for their second shift. I'm pretty lucky. I've always sort of just worked the morning or the evening um, and that that kind of remains. Uh, so mornings that I work, uh, I'd be up at four o'clock uh, and then Jeez. down at the gym just before five. And then mornings that I don't work, uh, I'm, I'm up not too not too late after four o'clock for for either a run or to walk the dog or to to go for a swim once a week which i dread but i do it regardless <laughs> and what time's bedtime then with that in mind waking up for when you're asleep mate i'm pretty old school um and i'm a bit of a home bod to be fair so i generally I, i'd say probably on average i'll be in bed by about nine yeah and do you read yourself to sleep watch a bit of tv how do you wind down? Yeah, <laughs> mate, we've been watching a lot of Seinfeld at the moment. So, oh, really? Uh, something not, yeah, something obviously old school. Uh, and, I, mate, there must be about 10 seasons, so it can keep you going for a while. Um, alternatively, yeah, I'd love, to, I'd love to read, but for the most part, we end up watching a little bit of Seinfeld, an episode or two before bed. Hey, that covers uh, hobbies too, what you do for, you know, things outside of the fitness realm, uh, Seinfeld. What else? What else is taking your time through the week in, in those little windows of opportunity to relax? Yeah, um, it's a good question. I obviously do a little bit of running, nothing uh, nothing too noteworthy at the moment. That was pretty pretty heavy on last year, um, so pretty light on now. And then, yeah, try to swim once a week and then obviously strength training and then 
outside of that, I I obviously have to train this dog to try and keep him in line as much as he tries to keep me in line. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that's those sorts of bits and pieces, and then kind of like you touched on there, try to read a little bit. Uh, I'm certainly no bookworm, but I try to continue to learn some things throughout the week. So that that would probably be me for the most part throughout the week. Yeah. Do you recall the last book that you read? Um, yeah, I'm reading one at the moment, which is a bit left of field for me, but generally I sort of like to read stuff around, uh, culture and, uh, team sports or, pot- or potentially even like an autobiography. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Hey, um, you're just alluding to actually last year's running. So I want to hear about it. And if that features on the list of achievements or PV, so, um, and this is a normality of the, of the show. I know. You've been uh, in, into the gym staff and other things, but um, we want to hear about it, how the running goes. So have you got times for, say, 5, 10 or a half marathon at all? Yeah, uh, certainly nothing that would compare to yourself or any of your listeners. Um, my 5K, my quickest 5K would be about 21 minutes. Um, the last fast 10K I did was at the end of the Noosa triathlon last year, and that was 46 minutes. Uh, fast for me or fast ish i guess uh and then uh half marathon i did my i did a half marathon of no training back in 2018 i think it was and that was a, a i scraped under two hours that was a bit of fun uh and then yeah sort of last year i did like a, i did 100k down at kosciuszko and then i did a 50k just not too long ago at, at noosa yeah, right. So what's that event called down there? And just tell us about your experience with that because that's that's a pretty unique – I haven't had a guest on here who's been doing anything around um, a rundown in those areas. So how did that fare out? Yeah, it was incredible. I The only reason I did it, to be fair, there's no there's no um, Not fancy hot. motivational story. Yeah, it's just I at the start of the year I booked uh, – the 50k at Noosa and then I got COVID the day before. So I had to pull the pin on that. They they were quite nice and pushed me through to this year. Hence why I did it not too long ago. But I guess when that happened, I was having a look at the running calendar and um, and what would work with me uh, for me with my schedule. And there wasn't too many events that I could sort of get to. And the one that I could was, was down at Kosciuszko uh, Ultra Trail. And they have a few options. There's a 27 uh 50 a 100 and then 160 which is obviously the miler uh, i did the 100k and uh, it was incredible uh, i was pretty lucky to have a few i had a friend of mine mal my sister joe and my partner hannah come down with me uh, we did a little road trip stayed in Threadbow. it obviously isn't supposed to be snowing in december but it was snowing sideways so that threw a spanner in the works but i wouldn't have changed it for the world it was a it was a great experience that would have been a novelty though having the snow in your face did that, did that yeah. make it difficult or would it kind of psych you up get you in the zone to be honest i think it, like especially now having done noosa 50 um only two months ago which was about 30 32 degrees i think it probably <laughs> made it easier um it was i think it was six degrees at the start line and snowing so obviously there's the the excitement of that, um, which we certainly don't see any snow up here in, in Brisbane or Queensland. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then obviously it's it's nice and cool. So you certainly weren't sweating as much and, and didn't have to take on as much fluid. So everything about the snow for me was was pretty cool. 
That's a good point, though. The cooler, you know, the cooler weather, weather is often easier to run in to a degree. But um, we often see runners getting out in summer, thinking it's the best time to run. But uh, those dark mornings, even though it uh, can be tough to get up, like this morning was nine degrees. I was out at Kedron yep. Park Run, and I could not have asked for better conditions. Once you warmed up and running yep. around 10, 11 degrees by the start, absolutely perfect. So I, I definitely agree it, with that. Was it busy? With that temperature at that time of day, or it, it... actually, it actually was, but I, I think, I think it's just growing. Actually, this time of year, the um the runners are starting to learn to come out at this time, probably because they're training through summer now and realizing that um you got to get out early in summer. Absolutely. It's definitely tough before you know the sun coming up too, right? Yeah, like yeah, Noosa, Marin, Gold Coast, Noosa. Yeah, Noosa next weekend. Yeah, and Gold Coast yep. uh, five weeks later. Uh, Brisbane yep. Marathon Festival, I think. In Are you doing any of those? Two weeks, or? three weeks. Hopefully, Noosa half next week. Yep. It's a late um, conversation to have, but <laughs> yeah. maybe in that. My dad actually is trying to encourage me to do it. He's he's back running. Okay. He had an injury and um, some Burke people and and a few others. And then yeah, Brizzy ten or half, and then the Goldie Goldie half's the big one on my radar, and a lot of. Yep. The uh, more competitive runners, I guess. You can't beat it, Gold Coast. Yeah, good on you. On and have you got a goal for that? or? Yeah, goal, goal-wise, maybe an hour, 15, 16. See how we, see how we go. Yeah, <laughs> I made that public now. That's rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I was going for. Yeah, because I knew there'd be a few people keep, keeping each other accountable. So yeah. like that. I'll keep an eye out. Yeah, so it's about 3.35, 40 pace. But um, when I start to get anywhere talking about how quick I am, there's, there's runners out there uh, closer to three minute. No, oh, okay, pace. I could only so, run fast down always, to the box. So had off there. Yeah, there's always someone quicker. I'll be yeah. far down the pack, far down. Hey, mate. Um, let's let's get to a few things then, because um, I, I just want to hear about you know the person that you are today. Surely, like all of us in what we do, is influenced by our earlier days, and particularly influences like our family our parents brothers sisters uh closer connections like mates or uh, neighbors in the street and things that you're doing actively in this particular context where now um to a degree you're a personal trainer and, and organizing the run for it uh, event so um let's just talk about the earlier days uh to start with and just start to then progress into how school looked like in terms of any physical activity or running and that influence again from family and friends? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's a great question. And I think it's not until you reflect that a lot of that stuff sort of shapes you or potentially even someone else points it out. Um, both my parents are Kiwis. They mum's um, from Christchurch, dad's from Wellington. So they joked that they couldn't decide between the North and South Island and ended up over here on the West Island. Um, my sister and I were born and bred in Logan and Shaler Park and uh, I guess I've so I'm a south sider uh, and I guess I've sort of progressed or well, not necessarily progressed but I've migrated closer and closer toward the city um, throughout the so um, yeah yeah I had to be careful with the progress <laughs> there so people would pull me up on that um, so yeah I've been avoiding moving to the north side as long as I can um, yeah, and then I guess uh, through like as a, as a youngster played played rugby, obviously a rite of passage for any Kiwi, and then um, did some martial arts, uh, and then I guess these days, I think those things whether it's the discipline from the martial arts or the teamwork from the rugby um, aspect sort of have followed through, and then a, a, probably another thing I 
I reflect on uh, my mum used to to run a sort of a, an organisation in Shaler Park called Meals on Wheels, which is essentially um, a business that runs food out to, to people that aren't able to get out and purchase their own food or, or make their own food at home. So my sister and I used to used to ticky tour around town and, and deliver those meals as well. So I guess uh, that's probably shaped an aspect of, of why I feel the urge to to give back as well. It's interesting that, isn't it? Like they, they're they so similar, those um those particular things. So the sense of giving and charity are definitely um, apparent. What about um leaving school? How, how did that look for you um, socially, uh, uni, um, the party scene? Was there any sense of balancing that with, with keeping fit and healthy at that age? Or um, was there no sense of that? How did the 20s look for you, Ken? Yeah, I so I finished school uh, in 07 and, and went straight into, essentially straight into a trade. So I've got uh, an electrical background. I was an electrician for 10 or 12 years and um, sort of worked in Brizzy for six years. And then from there, uh, did some fly-in, fly-out stuff to, to smaller towns like Roma, Chinchilla, Moranbar and, and up in Darwin. Um, it was, it was a great time. Um, certainly allowed me to do a lot of things, um, pros and cons with any any role in any environment. Um, but it was I look back on it with fond memories. I certainly have no intention of going back to it, um, but it's provided me with a lot. And um, yeah, I'm I'm grateful for those opportunities. And then from there, I I travelled um, a little bit. Uh, so, so sort of five months in Europe and the UK and then came back, sort of went over there to find myself, didn't find anything and um, came back and, and worked with a friend of mine for, for a little bit until I, I guess, pulled the trigger and, and jumped into the health and fitness industry, which had been a, a passion of mine for a long time. So that was 2018. Yeah. And uh, was that definitely a, a, a drinking boys trip, that one? Uh, I've never been a massive drinker to be fair um i certainly don't mind a beer but uh i I wouldn't say that i'm a binge drinker but it was a bit of fun it was a good time i spent the different portions of the trip with different people friends and and then a lot of time alone which was which was really cool and i sort of had nowhere to be in no time frames or anything so it was it was certainly a pretty pretty good time to be alive yeah so where does that where does that um idea of not um being, being a hev- heavily um into drinking come from like you know the the people around you especially in australia often are an influence aren't they uh and in yeah, the rugby sure. crowd too for me it's certainly a, a push from a rugby crowd in yep. my mates and uh, i just i just did it they're all doing it um you know I, I drank a bit more definitely more back in my 20s than i do <laughs> now I hardly drank anymore but um yeah how was that scene with your mates? Was it more so um, you or were the mates not into that uh, uh, kind of thing as well? Oh, don't get me wrong. I certainly had a few um, bigger evenings <laughs> in my life. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't say that any of my mates were, I would say that potentially we would, you know, catch up for a, for a few beers or whatever um, every so often, but we were not we were not doing it regularly, especially. And like you said, I guess in that rugby or sporting environment throughout that sort of age and, and obviously not a professional um, position, you, people have a tendency to drink a lot. And even in, in like the mining 
sector where where I was working for a few years, it's like it's pretty prevalent um, the alcohol abuse and. I don't know. It's just for me, it was never really a thing. Um, I certainly don't mind one, like I said, but I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you the last time I got drunk in inverted commas. <laughs> I'll hold you to that. I might have to ask some of the crew. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we might get some, some some messages coming through. Yeah, yeah. But do you think that those these are all factors, right, as to what will keep us away from the drink? You know, um, uh, be, being active and healthy, and uh, and work, and trying to maintain a relationship. There's so many things that can have a positive influence on that. I guess. Yeah, for sure. Hey, um, let's uh get into the group or event run for it in a bit more detail. We spoke about it, of course, at the start of the interview to set some context about what was coming up. But um, I want to here in depth about you know who who's involved when it started why it started who you actually donate towards is there some kind of mental or health and well-being focus in there and um along those sort of lines yeah so i guess um if we rewind the clock sort of 2017 when i was finishing up in the construction industry um as a as a sparky i um I came across an organization called a chance for change which is a men's mental health charity it was born in brisbane and um i reached out to those guys just to, to see if i could help in any way shape or form given my experience you know as a bloke throughout that industry too um and i really enjoyed that process and and the things we were doing the things they were doing um then I asked myself how else I could give back and I started volunteering with Camp Quality, so kids affected by cancer. And then I just, I guess from there, I was doing the odd run with a group of mates, just like from Kangaroo Point, like the six or 10K loop. And we'd get a you know, half a dozen or a dozen people together. Um, I'd ask for some people to donate some cash and we'd raise funds for um, Camp Quality one time. And then it was the Indigenous Marathon Foundation another time. And it was at that point, so that would have been late 2020, I think. Um, a friend of mine, Ash Weber, she said, Cam, you've got to, you've got to make this a thing. And I had no idea what she meant. And, and <laughs> you know, we got chatting and then uh, she's like, you know, we can do this more regularly. And I said I wouldn't do it without her. So we sort of came to an agreement and um, the two of us, uh, yeah, kicked off early 2021. Uh, it's called Run For It. Um, pretty self-explanatory, I guess, to a degree. Uh, so we do, yeah, four four events a year, one each quarter, um, and we have a, a different charity for each of those events that we raise funds and awareness for, um, and we do it in a different location. So trying to get people sort of outside of their bubble, you know, if you run around New Farm every week or around the Crit Track down in Murray or whatever it may be, we try to get you somewhere different. And then um, this year we've brought on uh, some artists or designers uh, that are designing the merch for us um, with a theme so that they get to bring a theme along and then all the all the profits from that merch also go to the uh, chosen charity and then obviously we have coffee afterwards uh, obviously um, half the reason probably the crew comes along yeah. <laughs> and uh, i saw you guys actually a few months ago earlier in the year it was quite a warm morning along uh, west end i had the roadrunners event i think it was the ak championship event down there uh we started about i think it's six usually in summer there maybe later 6 30 maybe in the um warmer months but uh 
Yeah, the group was huge. There was maybe, I'm having a guess here, maybe 80 runners there. And um, yeah, yeah, I do remember set that off on morning. A, yeah, set off on a, I think you normally got a few options, don't you, with distance? Correct. Yeah. So um, we do either a five or a 10K. So you can choose from the two. It's pretty simple, I guess. Like if someone's running 10K, generally taking somewhere between 40 minutes to sort of an hour, hour and 10. Um, and for someone to walk 5K, uh, it's not too dissimilar. So I guess if someone walks 5K and and someone runs 10K, for the most part, everyone comes back at about a similar time. Um, yeah. But yeah, I do remember that morning because I um I freaked out hearing from someone in, within our community that there was a Brisbane Road Runners <laughs> event on, and you guys had about 300 people, and we had you know I think we had 120 or so. Oh, it's um, that many. Yeah. yeah, and I thought, geez, it's going to be a traffic jam here. But no, it worked mm. out really well. And and the guy I spoke to from the Brisbane Road Runners crew, I can't remember his name, but he was uh, he was a great guy. Yep. So um, let's just wind back a bit to the start. So 120 runners there earlier in the year, but how do those numbers fare to start with? And how have you seen that progression in terms of the numbers building? Yeah, it's been great. I guess we kicked off probably... With about, I've always had this idea in the back of my head every event that we'd have about a dozen people and it would just be my family and my, my friends. And so I'm always humbled when we, uh, we we pull somewhat a crowd and we probably started with about 50 people and, and now average average about 100. Um, the last few events, we've, we've had a little bit over 100 for each of them, which has been great. Uh, and it's obviously... Social media is great for that uh, that sort of exposure. And yeah. like you said, the communities that we've got around us, the other run groups um, within Brisbane are super supportive. And um, we love, Ash and I love seeing seeing them come together um, to support those charities and and um, get around the community. Have you monitored in any way where, like you mentioned social media is one platform they're finding out about run for it, but any other ways that you're tracking it from uh, anecdotally, word of mouth or through any systems. I know years ago when I had my group at the West End Running Group, it was always Google. Uh, but we yeah, have right. often um, international international uh, travellers or uh, those sorts of people in shift work and things who would just jump on Google and have a look and that that was the main area. I thought it was Instagram. I was pushing it um, a lot, but that <laughs> you know that was a while ago now. Maybe Instagram's a bit more influential, but uh, do you know in any way how they're finding out about you? Yeah, I think you might have been before your time, mate. I think <laughs> so. Utilising Instagram like that back then. <laughs> um, yeah, for us, it's it's certainly um, Instagram would be the the major draw card. Um, we we lean on that heavily. Facebook a little bit, and then definitely word of mouth. Um, whether it's me and my friends in my community, or Ash and hers, or even you know clubs that we've spoken about already. Um, utilizing their communities as well um, and their reach so that'd be it uh, we don't yeah at the moment we can't i can't, couldn't give you a reference from google because we don't have a website just yet um, that's being built as we speak but we're certainly looking forward to getting that off the ground too yeah and let's talk about the people who are a part of the group um i do know one of them pretty closely i work with her sally burks and a shout out to her and she, I thank her a little bit for this because she got in my ear about getting you on here and I did have you in mind, but her word definitely uh, got me here today in front of you. So uh, thank you, Sally. But she she comes down, a, a work colleague of mine 
to you. Uh, I think in terms of running events, that's mainly what she does. But do you get do you get runners who are part of of other groups that come along just for these events, or are they mainly just doing other forms of exercise, like they're in the gym and then come out for the run? What's the sort of uh, general demographic or way of explaining the typical person yeah. in the event? Yeah, I, yeah. Shout out to Sally Burks for sure. She uh, she's a good egg, um, and yeah, she's she's been to a number of our events now, which is which is awesome. She seems to have taken running up um, in the last, sort of, I'd say, eighteen months. But um, it's a diverse crowd that we have, which is I think one of our strengths. Um, so you've got some pretty quick people that get out there um, that that race regularly and then we've got some ultra runners um which is which is great and you know a bit of diversity throughout the running community and a few triathlon clubs that sort of float in and out as well which is cool and then yeah like i said earlier um you could walk 5k so we've got plenty of people that bring their dogs along prams crutches wheelchairs anything so everything everyone and everything is welcome um and yeah, I think that sort of enhances and and hopefully, at least in my mind, it makes it a more um or a more welcoming or a less intimidating place for people to come and potentially run their first five or ten K because we've had a few of those and um that's pretty rewarding to hear. You know, not that not only that we're making a difference for these communities or these charities, I should say, within the community, but also, you know, for someone to have never run five kilometers before or never run ten K before. Um, to come and do it at one of our events uh, feels pretty special. Yes, let's think of your last event. Was your last event the one at uh, the same day as that Roadrunners event? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was uh, that was in West End. We did that for Rosie's. Yeah. yeah okay. Which is so friends on the street to a homeless organisation. That one. Oh, excellent. Yeah, we'll get to those uh, charities in detail in a second. But um, before we get there, so when you're looking out to that crowd on that particular morning, how many of the runners could you name how many did you know how many were like new people were you like who on earth are you which is yeah, of course a good, a good thing i don't want to make that to sound as if it's not yeah no it's fantastic yeah i think that's the ultimate goal and the first time that happened to be honest it was pretty pretty scary um we yeah like i said it was kind of just family and friends to start and i pretty much knew everyone uh and now with you know 120 130 people there Mate, I feel like I know about 12 people. So um, it is a little bit intimidating for me jumping up in front of that that crowd, but I really enjoy it and I just believe in the message. So uh, it's it's pretty easy for me to get up and, and talk. I might not make all that much sense. You, you'd have to ask Sally or, or, or Nick or someone else. But um, yeah, so I, I enjoy getting up there and, and, you know, telling everyone where to run and what we're running for and, and, and thanking them. So yeah and tell us how do you practice in preparation for that uh public talking do you practice in front of the mirror i really should practice uh (laughs) i don't uh that's that's probably my downfall uh but i guess each time i've done it i've tried to i've probably tried to think about being more clear and concise each time with what i say because i've got a tendency to ramble on so yeah, so let's um let's get to the people in a bit more detail. Another another runner in this event, uh, and a good mate of yours. You've mentioned Mal, Daniel Maloof, full name. He used to be a colleague of mine, a work colleague. About oh, we're twenty twenty three now. I reckon it was ten years ago. We worked at Wavell, 
um, state school, I think it was called, the primary school in Wavell, north side of Brisbane, both fellow teachers and um, yeah, great, great guy. guy, excellent guy, yeah, very open, very, very willing to, very supportive in your work in like just simply being a listening ear to um, things. That, and I definitely was going through a bit at that point in time. He was always willing to listen to me. So um, I, I just that. I just think of someone like Dan and the people that you attract that uh, they may be in line with that, those sort of personalities. So I'm uh, definitely willing to talk about these things, the mental health side, and and then there's that uh, service and charity part of what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. He's a good guy and he's very supportive. He was down at my 100 and... Uh... Yeah, he loves he loves run for it. He's a he's a strong advocate, and uh, mate, I think you might see him down at Gold Coast Half. I think he's doing the full, oh really the full mara down there. So yeah, keep an eye keep an eye out for him. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a trooper. I've seen him out on your track. He um he moves. Doesn't look like he's yeah, moving, he but he moves. He um yeah, and I he's getting faster. The other day, and he smoked me. <laughs> what would he do a five k now? He'd break twenty for sure. Yeah, I'd I'd like the hopes up. I'd like to hope so. We might have to put that to him. And mate, any others out there you want to give a mention or, or shout out or generally talk about that haven't had an effect on you? You're, of course, the one in front of the group. But um, what about those out there? How have they affected you? Um, yeah, I, I guess I wouldn't go and na- yeah, name drop anyone. But um, the whole community is incredible. Each individual's got their own story, right? Like you, you'd have it at, at school and it's yeah you you don't know what people are going through uh and you don't know why people are doing things um you know why they might be doing why they might be running why they might be walking why they've turned up why they haven't turned up um so i think it's 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 very important to keep an open mind um but we certainly receive some some nice messages before and after generally after uh, and and like you said earlier from from people you may not necessarily know and uh, it's cool to see that. So yeah, every individual holds value. Um, you've got some some community leaders in there, and and then some people that are you know great supporters. And I think everyone plays their role, which is important. Yeah, and do you definitely think like being a part of a, some kind of organisation or group, whether it be work or health and fitness or a running group, like what we're talking about right now, uh, gives you purpose, gives you hope in life and direction yeah absolutely yeah i'm a huge advocate for that i think um belonging to a community is a major key uh, whether that's a book club uh, a car club a run club or a gym um i think belonging to that uh, like you said uh, can provide you purpose because essentially you you find value in that community uh, and you're also you know able to va- add value i think adding value to the community uh, potentially sort of gives you value provides you with value so it's like a give and take i guess um and a good way to a good relationship to have with a community like that as an individual yeah definitely i do know a a number of runners out there who who run solo and i think it's a good thing to be able to learn to do that and to have your own time but there's just something about it and i i feel that when i run with the burt group in brisbane um a a different uh, kind of group but uh it's definitely that sense of belonging and and just realizing that there's wacko people out there that uh yeah are willing to smash themselves for half an hour to an hour running yeah i agree yeah no i think i think that's great i think you've you've put it well um running so i'm i'm a big fan of running solo no headphones or anything like that and just getting some time to yourself there's a lot of noise out there these days and whether it like you said whether it's a half an hour an hour or two hours 
uh, by yourself pounding the pavement or the trails, I think that's extremely valuable, but also in the same token, running with someone alongside or in front or behind you, um, pretty good experience. Just talk to us about the charities involved in the group. How many there have been? Is there a different one each time? Does it differ in any way to to like the general fun runs? They've done charity for years in fun run events, getting um, thousands of people to donate towards causes. Normally, though, it's a, a participation fee and then you're putting extra into charity. I believe yours is directly all towards charity. Is that right? Yeah, that's bang on. Um so yeah, this would be, we're coming up to our 10th event. I can't give you too many details. Uh, the date is Sunday, June 25th, which has just dropped. Um, but the rest of the details are yet to yet to drop. So if I uh, spill the beans today, I, I'm sure I get in trouble. Um, but yeah, so we've done, so we're coming up to our 10th event. So we've done nine so far, so nine charities and they sort of span from Indigenous charities to homelessness to um, uh, premature birth all sorts of different stuff I guess most of them have been brought to us by our community um, whether it's someone's been affected directly or whether it's someone that that knows someone that has been affected um, and we like it like that it's it's obviously very um, genuine in that regard um, and we can we can make it at least feel like we're making a difference um, to the smaller charities that don't generally get the airtime that a lot of others do. Um, and also, I guess it's spreading the word because nine charities so far, I certainly wasn't aware of all of those nine issues. Um, but, you know, I haven't been faced with, with all of those. So it's, it's great for us to be educated. We have someone come out from the charity on the day and talk oh, okay. to us about what it is the charity is doing and then also where the funds are going. And I think that's important um, for, for everyone, not just to donate, but also to know that, you know, whether they're going through a mental health issue or um, homelessness or whatever it may be, um, that they're not alone and that they can talk to, you know, that there's support networks out there and, you know, there's communities that are trying to, trying to assist. Yeah. So generally it's not you sort of scoping and searching through Google for something or online, no. it's just coming to you from somebody so is there again without name dropping um people in a very vulnerable space but is there is there people that come to mind in a more prominent manner uh, any stories that are uh, a bit more heartfelt out there involved yeah. in these charities Ken? yeah a couple we did last year um certainly pulled to my heartstrings um some of them the ones that are closer to home is obviously a bit more emotional we had a um we had a one last year um live for less and nick Tui brought that to the table um he used to coach a young girl called Liz, who was unfortunately um the victim of a uh a car accident um so yeah we we supported them and their family and and their message uh so that sort of got me choked up uh last year and also we had a friend of ours um who they had their baby at about 23 weeks probably two years ago. The story works out well that their son Edric's doing great, but um, it was obviously a very trying time for them. And uh, I spoke to them about who they came across in their travels and um, they they recommended Miracle Babies, which was another one that, you know, like I said, I, I haven't got a kid or anything like that. So I don't, I haven't got any lived experience, but to, to hear 
Chloe and Kieran talk and, and about their experience with Edric, their son Edric, and also with Miracle Babies was, yeah, pretty heartwarming. Oh, for sure. It, um, it's definitely sounds like a a big part of what you're doing and if we because you just spoke about that next event and i know that to a degree you keep it secretive but what what is on the map for for this year but then also the bigger plan where do you see this heading in the next even five years yeah so all our events are booked in for this year uh charities locations uh and dates um and for the most part artists uh we've got one one to lock down there but yeah, it all comes to us throughout the community and um, we try to give back that way and, and that's the plan for the rest of the year. Moving forward, um, I guess we just want to make it bigger and better to some degree. The, I guess a lot of those sort of questions come back to your why um, and for us, our why is obviously to make a positive impact within the community, you know, raising funds and also awareness for those. So trying to keep the charities somewhat unique um, there's a lot of airtime around a lot of different uh, causes these days, which I think is fantastic, but we, we're sort of trying to support the ones that don't get that airtime just so people have those things at the forefront of their mind for at least uh, at least a portion of time. Yeah, and uh, for you, Cam, is bigger the better? So the population reaches, you know, we've got 100 to 150. What if that doubles or triples? How does that sit with you? Obviously more money for charity, but logistically... That'd be hard. I always thought having higher numbers when I used to coach an adult group would be harder to manage. So yeah, is there a cap on it? And where do you see that heading? Mate, if it gets any bigger, I might have to ask your advice regarding uh, <laughs> a microphone because uh, at the moment, it's just me uh, chewing the fat standing on the ground. So yeah, if it gets any bigger, uh, look, to be fair, I probably can't see it getting too much bigger than a couple of yeah. hundred people um and and by no means do i really want it to um but if we can have a a wider impact i think that's great and it's it's things like this or even conversations over coffee um essentially you're just trying to have a ripple effect aren't you so if we have you know if we have 150 people there and we and 50 people are the you know 50 of those 150 go and talk to someone at, at coffee next week about the issue that they were made aware of then you know that that's a win for me so if that if we can look to excuse me if we can look to progress that way that'd be fantastic whether we you know do them in other towns or whatnot i'm not too sure excellent maybe i can add one to the list if i come to the next event or even add a few yeah, if i bring please. my family along i'd love see how we go yeah, june 25 pram or yeah we've got, a, uh, we've got a walking pram not a running pram but uh yep. might be able to jog slowly with it but yeah, um, yeah. June 25, Sunday. It's always Sunday, isn't it? I think I've read somewhere. It's always yeah. Sunday at 7. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. It's always yeah. 7 a.m. on a Sunday. Um, we did uh, we did do an evening one to finish the year last year as a bit of a celebration um, for sort of how far we've come. And um, yeah, it's been great. Uh, Sunday, I guess it, Sunday works um, for the most part because most people aren't working. Uh, most people don't have any other sporting commitments, whether it's a training run or whether mm. it's their sport or their kids' sport. Um, and also, I feel like it sort of ties in with the community being that Sunday morning for the most part is time you'd spend with family and friends. Uh, so we really we really embrace that. Fantastic. Hey, we'll finish with the listener questions. We spoke about them earlier and um, there's far more than we had 
a I'm week nervous. ago after two hours. <laughs> I think they last 24 hours, don't they? Instagram posts. So yeah, we, had, um, we multiplied it by 12, that two hours, and we've definitely got more. But we'll start with, we mentioned a few people on here, like Sally, Nick, Dan, Katie. Not all of them put questions in there, uh, but there's a few, certainly from, as I scroll along here, from Sally and Nick. So let's see what they've got. Oh, Nick's, yeah, Nick's is an absolute joke by the looks of it. Who is your favorite run for it? Run for it too? Who's Who comes to mind? Answer. Who's your best? I can't make uh, hundred <laughs> odd people. I can't go, I can't go doing that. I'd, uh, I'd start a riot, but um, I certainly know that he was asked a similar question on your podcast uh, by a chap, Luke Lloyd. So he's probably been prompted by Luke to, oh, to yeah. ask that question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sally, Sally Ann Burks asked, what do you think is the most important quality for an effective coach? Nothing about running in there. What makes a good coach? I knew she'd have a good question. That's a great question. What's a great quality of a, of a good coach, an effective coach? Um, I'd say potentially an open, having an open mind, um, there's plenty of skills out there, um, you know, whether you acquire those via a course or, or a training program, um, and that's incredible. But I think at the end of the day, uh, having an open mind um, for your members or your athletes or whoever it is that you're dealing with is, is a major key, um, being able to understand one another and then obviously have that trust. I think that's a major key. Um, in building that relationship and rapport between a coach and a and an athlete. Great. Hey, uh, Beck Newton, she asks, and we've spoken about the run last year. Surely you've got bigger plans on the horizon. That was pretty big though. But uh, she says you've achieved some pretty incredible feats in your time personally. What is next for you, Cam? Yeah, I have done a couple of cool things in the last couple of years as an adult we often reflect on times as a youngster when you're you know representing your school or your state doing something but I'm certainly pretty proud of the things I've done uh, in the last couple of years but nothing uh nothing physical booked in which is probably disappointing for Beck she 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 loves uh, pushing herself too she's she's an animal um but yeah I don't have any events no running events triathlon or or anything like that booked in so I've just got uh, I've sort of given my time or given myself the time to focus on some other things which are looking to build over the next year or two. All right, Benny Groth. Benny Groth. Um, how do you run but also maintain a physique? <laughs> physique like yours, balancing mate, the gym and running. Mate, you're going to have to... Well, you I've have to been run 21 minutes. Yeah, yeah, I've been... <laughs> I've been asking him for years how he's managed to um, put those put those calves on the bottom half of his legs. He's got a <laughs> he's got a good set of pins. So yeah, I've got I've got no secrets, mate. I don't, I, and I certainly don't have anything worth envying. So uh, I do appreciate the love from from Ben Groff, though. All right, coffee order, Prue Davies. What's the coffee order, Cameron? I I'm not a stickler for having a particular coffee. So whatever whatever Prue's having, I'd probably have. Prue's got great taste in coffee. Um, but for the most part, it'd probably be a long black or an oat milk latte. 
Right. What about an ice latte? Do you dabble in the yeah, colder stuff too? I'd do that. Not right now though. I'd have to, it, I mean, it's puffer season, so I couldn't be doing that today, but uh, certainly in summer for sure. I had a mate do that the other week. Uh, I said it was offensive. Yeah. <laughs> and he actually hadn't even run. He just met us because he's injured. He's out. Say, he'd have come to, to the cafe and had a nice latte. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's probably wearing his socks and slides as well. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, last one. I've got to give this guy a, a shout out. He's he's often in here. Brandon Demers, you get to pick one location to set up, set up training camp for run for it. Hypothetically, where would you have a training camp? Mate, that's uh, that's a good one. The first one that the first place, the first destination that comes to mind, and it's not at all viable. Uh, nor do we do a training camp, so it's it's probably fine for me to answer this with such a ridiculous. Uh, location but mate I love um, Cape Town in South Africa I was just cool. talking to someone about it this morning there's uh, there's a lot of good runs uh, over there near Table Mountain whether it's up Table Mountain or on top and then there's another one Sig- Signal Hill uh, and Lion's Head so mate if we could do a if we could do something there a little trail run up the up the top of the mountain and watch the sunrise or the sunset that'd that'd be the ultimate goal but uh, I can't foresee that happening Excellent. Hey, mate, uh, let's let's call it there. We've I think it's about 50, 55 minutes maybe on the clock having a guess. And um, that's, yeah, definitely ample time to hear about your story. And the different thing is often the guests on here are talking about their training and themselves, not that I would call them any of them selfish because they're all legends, but uh, it seems that you're various, very much a selfless person uh, giving as part of the charity, but actually just volunteering really to make this, this group and event run for it happen and uh and you're in a job that's all about giving really isn't it to to improve uh, people as um athletes and as generally as everyday people as they are so um i appreciate your time and your insights into what's happening for run for it and uh, if i can have any influence on that event um and they've listened this far to the interview please go to it and uh i hope to see you there yeah thanks mate i appreciate your time ollie it's uh it's been a good yarn and uh, yeah, I certainly look forward to potentially having you out to one of our events or me coming along to one of yours, maybe even holding your drink bottle at the finish line or something something like that. But uh, keep do- doing what you're doing too. I think it's fantastic. Oh, thank you, mate. Thank you. And uh, what's on this afternoon? Not too much at all. What about you? Uh, heading to uh, Mother's actually, a delayed Mother's Day event with family. So it should be excellent. Looking forward to it. I hope she's got something nice cooking for you. Or if you're taking something. Oh, she always does. Yeah. Amazing, amazing (laughs) chef. Thanks, mate. Have a great afternoon and uh, we'll be in touch. Bye now. See you, mate. If you enjoyed listening to this episode or the local legend in running podcast in general, please jump on Spotify, give it a rating. I'd much appreciate it. Thank you.